0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross-Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Good morning. I want to share a word with you beginning in Matthew 16, 13. um, But I want to share a word with you about healing, deliverance, and restoration. Those things are very important to God. We saw last week that in Jesus, in his uh, mission statement, he included healing and he included deliverance and he included restoration. Um, now, in Matthew sixteen thirteen, the verse I mentioned earlier, Jesus is looking at his disciples and he says, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they answered, well, and this is, this is, everybody has an opinion of who Jesus is and they're thinking of what is the ministry that's coming out of him. What's coming out of him? What's he representing? And um, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you guys that are with me all the time Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But I want to get back to Jesus' question for a moment. And I want to ask it to you today. Who do you say Jesus is? What revelation do you have in your heart of who Jesus is? What Jesus is doing? What Jesus wants to do? Now, almost anybody, even people that don't serve him, will say with their mouth, oh, he is the son of God, because it's been said by everybody. We live in a culture that says that, mostly. But, um, but you see, yes, he's the son of God, and praise God for that. There's only salvation through him. That's so important, by the way. There's only salvation through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. He is the only, his his, uh, sacrifice is the only price that has been paid that's valuable enough, that's worthy enough to cover your sins. That's the only way any of us are going to be able to be forgiven and make it to heaven, right? But there's more to it than that. There's more to Jesus than just getting you to heaven. And uh, I want to emphasize some things today. First of all, that Jesus is our healer. He's our healer. He heals our souls. He even heals our bodies. In the Old Testament, there's a verse in Exodus 1, excuse me, in Exodus 15. And God says this, "I am the Lord that heals you." And that's where we get the name, "I am Jehovah Rapha. It's one of the redemptive names of God. And it means that, that through Christ, we have this blessing in this redemptive work of God of healing us. I am the Lord that heals you. In Psalm 103, it says this, Forget not any of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities. Now, we know that one, right? and who heals all your sicknesses. God loves to heal sicknesses. He loves to forgive sins, right? And he loves to heal sicknesses. And what does he say? You've got to bring this to your mind. You know, if, you're, if you've been sinning and you're in sin, you've been caught in a trap, God loves for you to remember that he'll forgive you. All you need to do is to remember that and come to him. Confess your sins. God, likewise, wants us to remember his other benefits. He says that. That's what's in this verse. Forget not any of his benefits. Why? He loves to give them to you. And why else? Because you need those benefits. God has given us promises so that we can partake of Him and partake of His blessings and partake of His benefits. And, and my heart today, my desire today is that this Word of God would become alive to everybody that's listening. And whatever need you have today, whether it's in your soul, whether it's in your body, whether it's, whether it's spiritual, and, or even whether it's about some kind of need you had, that you'll recognize that Jesus loves to meet your needs. Amen? He loves to come through for you. He loves to help you. So I don't want you to see yourself like, oh, i got to make it to where I'm worthy enough. Oh, I've got to make... No, God loves you. You need to turn to Him, of course. But God loves you, and you know, don't, don't start getting into that rut of thinking, oh, how, how spiritual do I have to be? To, to be accepted. How spiritual, how this or how that do I have to be to be healed? God just wants you to look toward Him. Remember all of His benefits. Begin to put your hope in Him. You know, sometimes I, you hear people say, oh, don't tell them that. Don't get their hopes up. What if God doesn't come through? You know what? If you're full of doubt like that, you can't impart hope to anybody. The Word of God wants to make the, the truth of the gospel alive again. Where God has said, Believe in me. Believe in the word of God and trust me. I want to do something good in you. I want to heal your diseases. I want to raise you up off of the deathbed, so to speak. Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes, we're healed. By his stripes, we're healed. And that's not just talking about inner healing. That's talking about natural healing, too. That's the context. Now, in Luke 13, there's there's this little story I'll read. I feel like it shows the heart of the Lord. In fact, we could read like any healing story and see something about the heart of God in it. But this is just the one we're going to read today. It's in Luke 13, beginning in verse 10. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and, and could no way raise herself up. So she was bent over, walking bent over, and she could not even make herself stand up straight. Right? Marianne, I bet you had some people like that come in to, for physical therapy, right? Maybe maybe you need to start casting the devil out of them. <laughs> anyway, look at what happens in this story. He was bent over and could no way raised herself up, when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he goes, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He said that. And then he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. This is always one of the most crazy things to me of how you have God do something, and then a religious person to stand up. Oh, this isn't supposed to be happening, you know, uh, which is essentially what this guy go, does. You know, God just does a miracle, and a religious guy go, gets up and says, Hey, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> there's six days that men ought to work. Therefore, come be healed on them, not on the Sabbath." Because it was a Sabbath day that Jesus had done that on. And uh, then then Jesus answers this guy and goes, Hypocrite, you hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it to get water? Well, well, shouldn't this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whose Satan has bound and then he says think of it think of it satan's bound this woman for 18 years should she not be loose today on the sabbath now there's some really powerful thoughts in this passage first of all you got to see the heart of god here for you it's the heart of compassion Right. So you see, Jesus has compassion for this woman and how he's reaching out to her and he's seeing, man, this woman's been sick for 18 years. Now, do you know Jesus is representing God, the father? So God, if you know, if God never sees a sick person and goes, hmm, I just don't even care about that. Jesus is representing God the Father, and He's got compassion. And in fact, if you read all of the Scriptures, you'll see that all throughout the Scriptures, Jesus has compassion on people. He loves people. Now, do you think for the, for some reason, you know, one of the most common things we do think is that for some reason, I won't be able to get it. You know that? We can go, oh, I know that's a promise, or I know that's God's heart, but for some reason, I can't get it. For some reason. You know, it's maybe my faith, maybe something's wrong with me, da-da-da, you know, things aren't aligning right. I just want to tell you, um, you know, one of the greatest things you need to align right is your mind and your heart toward God and just believe. Just receive from Him. He loves you so much. He wants to heal you. He wants to to touch your life so badly. So anyway, there's another verse where he says, you know, he's talking to this woman about getting healed. And he reveals there that healing is the children's bread. Healing is for the children. Healing is for us, the children of God, those that have come to God and we're, we're looking toward him. It's for us. There's another verse uh, you know, he says, <laughs> you know, he just, there are many verses where Jesus is just showing over and over that it's God's will. All The verses in Luke, he's just, that we read last week, he's showing that it's God's will that we be healed, that we be restored, that we be delivered. And think about this how many of y'all have ever re- can remember a time when Jesus prayed for somebody and made him sick? No, I couldn't either. Jesus never prayed for somebody and made them sick, right? He's showing the will of the Father. If it was God's will to be making people sick, I wouldn't get in the prayer line. Would you? Somehow you know if you're coming to Jesus, He's not going to lay His hands on you and make you sick. Is that not true? Think about it. If Jesus walked into the room here today for some reason, would you be afraid if you that that he would lay his hands on him and make you sick? No, if you're sick in this room and Jesus appeared, would you not go, "Wow, I want him just to touch me right?" Because you know he wants to make whole. you know that's who he is he's representing God the Father, he wants. To heal you. He does not want you to be sick. He doesn't enjoy people being sick, is my point. He enjoys healing. That's why he defined himself as, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God that heals. He never said to anybody that came up, Jesus, would you heal me? He never goes, oh, it's God's will for you to be sick. These other ones, but for you, it's God's will to be sick. Now, I do know you can be living wrong, you know, and just rebelling against God and sickness comes on you and whatnot. I understand all of that, and I understand how that can actually be used to to get people corrected and bring them back into God, you know. But I'm just saying for the normal course of life, for everybody, we want to walk with the Lord, and we're going forward. And even with all of our weaknesses, our mistakes, places where we don't even know how to do better, you know, with all of our failures or whatever, we turn to the Lord. He so wants to heal us and bless us because He loves us so much. Now, I want you to notice this too. He calls this as an infirmity, right? I didn't write down which exact verse that is, but it's somewhere between 10 and 18. He calls this an infirmity, but He also says this at the end of that verse. He says, Satan is the one who did it. Satan is the one who put that on her. That is amazing, you see. It wasn't like wondering now. "Hmm," He doesn't look at this woman all bent over like that and go, "Hmm, I wonder if God did that. He looks at this woman and he goes, the devil did that. That's just obvious. The devil did that. Satan put that on her. Now, how can you say such a thing like that? Look, that wasn't God that did that. That's the devil. That, that he Jesus says, you see, and he wasn't even trying to make a point. This is something that Satan did. He goes, shouldn't this woman that Satan has bound, as this, as if everybody should already know that, that Satan has bound this woman, that Satan did this to this woman. You see, he's not trying to just attribute this to God. Now, I want to just point out this, this point that Jesus is emphasizing sickness and malady like this comes from the devil. <laughs> People go, oh, no, I can't believe it. I mean, what's that crazy stuff? I'm telling you, it's just as real as it can be. It's origin. However it got there has been something That's been of the devil. And you see, when God is bringing us back into alignment, part of it has to do with us pressing into the kingdom. You know, when we come to the Lord, usually starts out with God starts to work on us. And we start to go forward in God and we want to serve the Lord. But then we've got to wrestle with some things. You know, we have to wrestle with, am I willing to surrender my life? Am I willing to lay down everything? And God's wrestling with us, and and we keep wanting it, so we go forward. We believe God. We press into the kingdom, and then we become so happy that we did. We get free of our sins. We get cleansed of our sins, and we're so thankful that we went through that struggle. And I believe sometimes there are other things where we need to press into faith, and we need to press out of things of our flesh, whether they're doubts, Fears, feelings of unworthiness, that God doesn't love us, that kind of thing. And we need to press into the place of faith because God is not the one that kills, steals, and destroys. Who is that? Satan, right? Satan kills, steals, and destroys. And he says, But I came to give more life. So I just want to just expose this right now, you see. God, Jesus' whole ministry was all about destroying the works of the devil. Sin its the work of the devil. You might say, well, I did it. Yes, you did it. But it's, it's, it's empowered by the devil. He lures you to sin, too. He's all into that. And if you sin, what have you done? You've given him a door in your life. So what is Jesus doing? He's destroying the works of the devil in every dimension. In every dimension, he wants them out of your life. He doesn't want you sinning anymore. But you know what it says right here? It says this sickness was of the devil. And you see, too many of us walk around with things in our lives, whether it's sickness or other things, that are of the devil that Jesus Christ wants to set us free from. He wants to pour out his spirit in the earth. He wants to pour out his spirit in the church. And he wants to see his glory manifested. And he loves to heal the sick. If Jesus did not love to heal the sick, why did he do it all the time? If he did it all the time, why would he have stopped doing it? If he said, I'm still going to be there when I'm taken up, it's going to be even better. Because when I'm taken up, man, everything I've been doing, oh, it's going to explode and happen even more. That's the purpose of God. And that's exactly what's going to happen And I believe that's what God's going to restore in this hour is not only the faith, but the presence of the Lord and the will of God. And we seeing with our eyes the healings of God that God desires to do. And then he also has has shown that he is a deliverer, a deliverer, a hero, a deliverer. He delivers us from the power of sin. We've already seen that. He delivers us from Satan's, power from his plots we've seen some of that um there's some there are a lot of scriptures about that many are the tribulations of the righteous many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord delivers the lord the lord gets involved you see when somebody cries out to god and you're in trouble the lord gets involved i was reading these verses yesterday where there's so many verses where it talks about the hiding place of god I can't even remember, I I mean, Psalm 91, Psalm 27, Psalm 31, I mean, there's all these scriptures talking about God's a hiding place. But it says God's a hiding place, there's a special place there when you're in trouble. And I noticed it over and over, like, there's a special place in God when when you're in trouble. It's almost like when you're in trouble, God recognizes that and He goes, you can connect with me in a special way. You can come into a special hiding place in your troubles, safe from all of these things, and it's a place where I will deliver you and give you confidence. And I thought, "Wow, that is so true." When we're going through difficulties, there's a place we can find in God. It's an amazing comfort. It's an amazing place of knowing he's with us. You know, it's it's interesting how Wherever you are in life, uh, it gives you opportunity for a portal to God. Wherever you are in life, it's like your pressure, your situation, your need. That need in itself gives you an opportunity to connect with a dimension of God. If you did not have that need there, you, you aren't going to connect in that particular way. <laughs> Anyway, so when you're in trouble, God says, come unto me. Man, and it says he's a very present help to those in times of trouble. Wow. You see, you can connect to God in an amazing way there. David called God my deliverer many, many times because he got in so many difficulties, but God delivered him out of them all. And then we have Jesus. He's saying, we need to pray, deliver us from evil. Why? Because, number one, there's evil out there. By the way, evil is after you. I mean, that's just the way it is. The devil is after bringing people down. He wants to pollute, right? He wants to pollute our souls. He wants to bring misery to us. And if you do not recognize that, you're missing out on a lot of the benefits that you have in God. If you don't recognize that Jesus Christ is with you to overcome the devil whether it's to overcome the devil in your marriage, whether it's to overcome the devil in your work, whether it's to overcome the devil in your mind, in your soul, in what you're wrestling with, with your thoughts, with spiritual forces. If you don't recognize that you're in a spiritual battle, you are already missing out. The devil's already taken advantage of you. Paul said we are not ignorant of his devices and what he does so that he would not take advantage of us. He's saying we're not ignorant because we don't want to be taken advantage of. Too many people are ignorant today of God's promises and they're ignorant of what's going on in the world and so they don't know how to fight forces that they can't see, right? We need to begin to see these things by God. Our faith needs to be enlightened, and we need to get into the Word of God and understand spiritual realities that we will never see if we do not have spiritual eyes. We will never be able to fight the right battles if we do not have the spiritual eyes. And that can only come by believing the Word of God. You know, you need to get into the Word of God. You need to meditate on it. You need to think about it. You need to apply it to your life. And you need to be able to believe what it says. It's amazing how many times people will read a verse and. Not believe what it says. It's like it's some story, but it's not real. Oh, no, those stories are real. They're real. And everything that the Bible says about your enemy is real. About sickness is real. You can't just look around and say, well, it's like this. Well, that's what it looks like, but what does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say about where it comes from? What does the Bible say about what God's will is, you see? When God's will and the the love of God is more strong in your heart and your mind than the lies of this world, that becomes your reality. Amen? Anyway, so one of the things Jesus did was he cast demons out. He cast demons out. And I wanted to bring this up today because there are so many people that have, I would just call it, oppression in their life and things on the inside of them working against them, uh, pushing them, driving them to various kinds of sins and, and thoughts and uh, repetitive actions. Now, I just want to mention a couple of things here, and then hopefully, because I, I just feel like, I mean, everybody, you know, people act like, if you know, talking about demons, like, oh, somebody has a demon, like maybe one out of every, thousand people has a demon you know oh someone has a demon oh uh, my thought is um most people i'd say virtually everybody has been oppressed in some way by a demonic entity in their life um, whether it's something sitting on their shoulder every day speaking in their ears that's a spiritual force that they can't see or whether it's on the inside of them, driving them, and changing their identity, even their mannerisms or whatever, or who knows what, their feelings, it's spiritual. And you see, if we don't start dealing with these things, acknowledging these things, addressing these things, and treating them the way Jesus did, we're not going to have the victory over these things. We have to discover where they are. We have to acknowledge, just like Jesus did with this woman— this is a, a something from the devil. He didn't actually cast out a demon from the woman that we know of, but he said Satan brought that sickness. However it got there, whatever happened, I don't know what happened to her. Maybe it was through an accident. The devil used that. It doesn't matter. God, Jesus is saying, that's not of God. God wants to heal that woman. Now, by the way, let me just say, what if had, she had fallen off of the, the roof? You go, oh, that wasn't a demon. She fell off the roof. Well, does, okay, let's just say you're right. Does that mean he's any less willing to heal it? Are y'all with me? How many times we can come up with excuses? That, and I think a whole lot, right? It's an affliction sometimes. But so how many times we can look at something and try to figure out some re- reason why that promise doesn't apply to us or some reason why maybe God wouldn't do it for me. You see, God's not like that. God's not like that. God, God wants to heal. Okay. So anyway, we're looking at some examples here. We got that woman. There's another guy. He had epilepsy. This man brings his son to Jesus, and he tells Jesus, Hey, I brought my son to your disciples to cast this devil out. You know what happens? He, he has epileptic fits. He just he, he grabs him. He gets on the floor, and he just and foams at the mouth and all of this. Now, today, we say, oh, he didn't know any better. It seems like it was um, a pastor I had when I was growing up. He said, the Bible just used demons and the word demons because it's trying to describe something, but they're not real. They don't don't exist. And you're just just saying, well, wait a minute. How did they talk? Why was Jesus always casting demons out of people? How did they talk back to them? I don't even understand that. Of course, they're demons, right? So, You got this guy, he's got epilepsy. Man, that's from a demon. His was. The demon comes out of the person. The epilepsy's gone. Jesus cast the demon out. Wow, that was a spirit. And uh, I just say a whole lot of mental problems people have. They're from demonic activity. Some demonic thing coming to afflict, coming to bring you down. There's another story where there's a fortune teller in the Bible. You know, a lot of people think, oh, fortune tellers, they're very gifted. They have this insight. This is a special gift they have. They're somehow connected and they know things. Well, the Bible shows us exactly what they are. In the Old Testament, it says don't have anything to do with them. In the New Testament, we've got this fortune teller in Acts going around telling people's fortunes. And Paul cast the devil out of her. He didn't do it because actually... She'd come to the Lord. He did it because he was so irritated at hearing that spirit. That's one of, the, one of the funny stories. Okay, so the devil comes out of her, the fortune telling, and it says she can't tell fortunes anymore. And the people that were uh, making money off of her, they got mad at Paul because the spirit working in her was um, gone and she couldn't operate like that. So, so far, look at this. We've seen it bring sickness. We've seen it brings seizures. It brings mental oppression. You've seen here it e- even worked as a for- through a fortune teller, a spiritual something that probably seemed very positive to a lot of girl, uh, a lot of people. Excuse me. Um, he cast out a demon once from a mute person. This person couldn't speak. He cast the demon out, and the guy can talk. I mean, I want you just to think how spiritual this world is, and I want you to remember those words where Jesus said, I have come to destroy the works of the devil. I have come to destroy the works of the devil. There were some cases where demons actually even talked. Man, how would you like to, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> I've seen various things in my life, and I tell you, I, I would love to see Demons begin to come out of people in a mass way. I just love to see that because I love to see people getting set free. That'd be amazing. That's the kind of church service some people start watching that happen and they run out the back door. You, you remember you remember one time this guy, this crazy guy, um, we call him, the, it's the guy that had the demon named Legion, and he comes, he's scratching himself, cutting himself, and... Um, he, runs to, he was out of his mind. He's lost his mind, cutting himself. And it said he'd been chained down. He broke the chains. This is all because of the demonic thing happening in his life. And he runs up to Jesus. And, and, and Jesus, I'm making the long story short. Jesus cast the demons out of that guy. And then the demons go into all these pigs. Pigs run off the cliff. They all die. I mean, think about that. All those pigs. I mean, that was a bunch of demons in one man. How in the world did they fit in there? I heard somebody say one time, hey, if you're going to start casting demons out of me, only do a few of them because my head might cave in. I feel like I'm full of them. You know, just uh, I got so many, just just take a few of them out. But anyway, my point being there, I was getting to the point where um, Jesus did that, but then all these people that were in that city, they're like, oh, leave, we don't want to be around that. For some reason... It scares some people, but I want to just say this. Uh, When when the glory of God shows up, it's a glorious thing. And you feel the power of God when the spirit of deliverance comes. I've been in meetings years ago when people just begin to get set free all over the congregation. I mean, it's just amazing. (laughs) And you can feel the power of God begin to descend in the room when that's getting ready to happen. It's an amazing thing, and I believe that's going to begin to happen in, in a degree like most people have never seen before. I can remember one guy told me once, he said he was in a Derek Prince meeting. And in the Derek, Derek Prince was just a calm preacher. And he said, and this is in the church. And he said, uh, he turned back in the middle of his preaching and he just pointed up and he, he pointed up and said, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I command you to take your hands off of these people. And the, the guy said, when he, st- he said that, He said about a third of the whole congregation, man, just something began to happen to them. He says like they started, what was happening was stuff was coming out of their life. Praise God for that. You see, that's the kind of thing that we should begin to expect to see, want to see. I want to see the power of God. I don't want to just have a little nice little whatever. I want to have the power of God. There's something on the inside of us that wants that. And I believe if you have this kind of vision, it makes you want to pray more. It makes you press into God more because this is where you're tapping into the reality of who God is. He is real. These powers that we have to face every day are real. And he loves to break those powers down and to expose how good he is and how evil Satan is. Satan wants to steal, kill and destroy in your life and I guarantee you in some way he has stretched out his hand and tried to do it before. Yes, that was not God. God gives life and he destroys every work of the devil. Mary Magdalene was another person that got demons cast out of her. I just wish that there were some hidden book somewhere we could find exactly what the seven demons were that came out of Mary Magdalene. But it says that Jesus cast seven demons out of that little woman. You know, what could they have been? I could only guess, you know, what kind of things they were. Um, but I, we, we can get demonic things in many ways. Um, but I could guess maybe she dealt with rejection. Rejection is one of the greatest issues that we have today. Um, most people feel rejected in life. And, you know, I, w- I want you to connect with this right here. You know, demonic things... What do they do? I mean, like we've already seen they work differently in everybody, right? They can make you think a thought so strongly, and you feel the thought too. You can feel rejection. You can feel people are rejecting you. That thing could have come in when you were rejected by somebody growing up. And ever since then, you still feel that way. It still feels like everybody rejects you, and maybe they do. And something's working on the inside of you. You can have fears on the inside of you. You can have Something on the inside of you driving you and, and pushing you in the wrong direction. There's some things that I feel like that are so prevalent today in this nation. I do believe that the spirit of rejection is one. I believe that there are a lot of other things men have just given themselves over to. The spirit of lust is another. You know, you have somebody who's been giving in to lust, you know, in pornography, and they just can't just say, oh, I'm just going to stop. Why? Because they're addicted to it. Something's on the inside of them now that's stronger than they are driving them to do it. There are a lot of people today, uh, you know, they have sexual identity problems, you know, and they'll just say, well, I was born that way or this happened or that happened. I I don't know how I I know some ways demonic things have come in because I've been in ministry a long time. I've helped a lot of people out of stuff. But I just would say there's some things you just can't figure out how things got there. But if you're around that woman that was bent over in the back, you know, you have to go, God did not do that. You might think you were born that way or this happened or that happened and you're that way. God did not do that. In a similar way, people today that are dealing with these sexual identity issues. You ought to be able to look back as your mind gets cleared up and go, that is not God's will. That is not God's will. God desires to break the force of that power, to pull it out of the individual, and to set each person free. It doesn't matter how it got there. All we have to do is just say, God wants to get it out. Yes, and if you're living a certain way, of course You just can't keep living that way. You have to turn from that. The Bible says, give the devil no place. You've got to want to be free. You can't want to keep doing that. You've got to want to be free. And then he says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So sometimes, man, you begin to recognize, wait a second. This is demonic. These thoughts I'm having, it's demonic. These feelings I have, they're not from God. And it's not all just lust. I mean, I'm telling you, it can be, like I said, rejection, fear, anything that has a strong presence. It can be shame. It can be guilt. It can be so many things. But anything that has a strong force, like a presence inside you, that's pushing you. Paul called them strongholds. He said, um, he was talking about these demonic things, and he calls them strongholds, empowered places. And he was referring at that time to them being in our minds. Anyway, so I just want to encourage you. God wants to set you free. Don't be confused about your life. Don't think God made me this way. Don't think God made me with these drives. Why do I have these drives? Why do I have these feelings? Why do I have this and that? I don't know how that got there. All I know is that's not God. God will set you free. God wants to bring that thing out of your life, and you can be free from it. Quit, and I would just want to just tell all you Christians: quit trying to make people feel good with cancer in their life, so to speak. Which I'm referring to this sexual issue. Quit trying to just help people get out of that. Amen, we love everybody. We want to help everybody. You know, to the sick, let them know, hey, I can pray for you. God heals the sick. To the oppressed, let them know, hey, I'll pray for you. God delivers people from demonic empowerments. God delivers people from demonic strongholds, things that drive them, things that push them to sin and do wrong, you see. God will deliver so powerly, powerfully from that. anyway you got so many examples of this. Jesus, it says, uh, healed many. Mark one thirty one, who were ill with sicknesses, and he cast out many demons. He was just doing it all the time. Mark 1.39, he went into all their synagogues throughout Galilee, um, preaching and casting out demons. How'd you like Jesus to come to church one day? And you just think it's going to be just the most nice service ever. And then he just starts casting out demons. Would that surprise you? You said that's not the Jesus I've heard about. That Jesus, he's scary sometimes. Well, it'd only be scary to some people. Everybody else is like, oh, man, wow, that's amazing. Let me see that happen again. And he says, come on up. It might happen with you. Maybe you have a need in your life, right? Anyway, and by the way, every time somebody gets free, it's not dramatic. People don't make faces and fall on the ground every time. Sometimes you just need to resist, and that thing will go from you. The presence that's trying to weigh you down, that heavy spirit, that spirit of depression. And I will tell you, depression is a spiritual power, but that can come upon your life so heavily, so strong, and if you ever get into agreement with it, it'll just latch on to you, you see. Anyway, resist those things. Command them to go in the name of Jesus and get other people to pray with you. I am telling you, if you'll walk in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and you stand in the authority of God, demonic forces will leave your life. They'll leave your family. They'll leave your situation. I hope you're sort of getting here. They get involved in everything. Okay, so one last thing I'll, I'll get into today is Jesus loves to restore. All right, so we've seen he, he heals He delivers, and it says this in Luke 4. Jesus is declaring the things we declared last week, and at the end of the the whole thing here, he goes, I am declaring to you today the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, this is talking about the year of Jubilee, the acceptable year. Every 50 years, the trumpets blown, the proclamations made, slaves get to be free now debts are forgiven now possessions that have been lost are now brought back to their owners and Jesus was saying this is the day of restoration this is the day of jubilee it's in me I'm declaring the restoration of things that have been lost it's in me it's through me Galatians three fourteen later Paul wrote this and he says, Christ redeemed us in order that the blessings, that promised to Abraham would come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. Praise God for that. Now, if you think about it just for a minute, if we're talking about things that have been stolen, you have to say even Satan is involved with that, right? Doesn't it say he's the one who steals? Isn't that what it says? And I love what it says in Joel. I want you to grab a hold of this. Some of you have been through some difficult times. Maybe some bad things have happened. Maybe you've lost out on some things. Maybe you've lost a lot of money. Maybe you've lost this or that. Uh, Think about this verse, Joel 2, 25. God says, I will repay you for the years that the locusts have eaten. What are the locusts? They come into the land. They ate, would eat up the crops. They'd eat up everything. In fact, when, Jesus, when God was saying this, this story was written to a, a people who they deserved it. They had done something wrong. And the, and the locusts came, right? The locusts were used to chase them because they were really rebellious toward God. But look what God says. Yes, you deserved that. You even did something to make it happen. But guess what? I'm going to give back to you what has been stolen from you. You might go, but Lord, I deserved it to be stolen. God's like, I don't care. I'm going to bring it back to you and bless you back. I love that. That's the heart of God. God just loves that. You see, and you even had brought it on upon yourself. And God's like, I bet I'm going to restore now. I love that. God's so good. Jesus stood right up in his midst, going back to Luke, in the midst of all these people, back in Luke 4, and he tells them, you know, salvation's coming. I'm anointed to bring salvation, to bring deliverance, to bring restoration, to bring healing, to bring, you know, all those good things. And then he goes, and it is being fulfilled today. It is happening today. And guess what the people did? They did not jump up and go, Hallelujah, I want some of that. You know, Jesus just gave the greatest promise. And he says, it's, hap- it's available right now. And what did all those people do? They're going, did you hear what he just said? Right, They ended up getting upset at him they, by the in just a few minutes. They were all upset. What's amazing to me is the power and the blessing of God was there. God was there. Jesus was there. He, he says, "It's time for this to happen." How many sick people were there that day? That didn't get healed. How many people had demonic affliction, oppression, heaviness, whatever he brought against them that didn't get set free that day? And it was there. They didn't feel it. You see, all the, what happened instead? They got upset. Now, I feel like right now, similarly, not exactly, but in a similar way. We're in a place in life where God is wanting to bring restoration. And he's saying, I'm showing up in a new dimension. I want you to believe me afresh and I want you to step into it. I want you to step into your restoration. I want you to step into your healing. I want you to get up off of your sickbed. I want you to get up off of your wheelchair. I want you to get out of where you've been. I want you to get upset at the cancer. Uh, that's been in your body and say no to this cancer. I want you to rise up from the inside. You see that little bit of something on the inside of you. Take that step right now and begin to say, no, I will not take this anymore. Begin to step up and stretch your faith toward Jesus right now. If you're listening, I mean, I almost feel as like somebody's there who's sick. Listen to me right now. You stretch out your hand and just say, devil, I will not have this sickness anymore. This sickness is not God's will for my life. This disease is not God's will for my life. I am tired of you. I recognize this is not God. And I am rising up out of this now in Jesus name. I'm stretching forth my faith now in the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, I just agree with every person who's sick that has a need to be healed this morning. I agree right now for that sickness to be healed. Sickness, I command you to be gone. Sickness, I command you to be gone. If you've been sick right now, I just encourage you, do whatever you need to do to stand against it. If if you haven't been able to walk, just start getting up. Just start pressing into that. Sometimes, it happens as you begin to go forward. Uh, I've seen people get healed. I, I remember a crippled lady got healed. she, she just she didn't she, had, she got up like this at first, you know just and um, after a while, you know after a progression of time, she just continued pressing into her healing. I want to encourage you today, press into your healing, press into what God is doing right now and believe God. He loves you. He's going to give you your healing. He's not holding back. Just set your eyes on Him and press into Him. In Jesus' name. Lord, I declare healing right now over every sick person. Over any kind of sickness, God, I declare healing today. And just like you declared that was a day of, of restoration and all of that, Lord, I enter into a declaration today. And I say today is the day of God's healing. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I also agree for everyone who needs deliverance. In Jesus' name. And every demon right now working in any soul, working in any life, I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I address you in the power of God. And I command you right now in the name of Jesus to be pulled out and uprooted out of every soul right now. In Jesus' name, I command you to be exposed and your power broken right now. In Jesus' name, I pull you out now. In Jesus' name, I command you out now. In Jesus' name, get out. Get out of every individual, out of every life, out of every person now. In Jesus' name, Lord, and I declare every person is being set free now. I declare that there is a target on every demonic entity right now in Jesus' name. And I declare every person is being set free, being set free from things of the past, from identity issues, from problems that are so deep in the name of Jesus. Every lie is being arrested right now. Oh, that lie is being arrested right now. You even know it, listening to me right now. You know. That lie is not true now. You know it. Quit agreeing with it. In the name of Jesus. God, I declare victory. I declare victory. For everybody wrestling with homosexuality, I declare victory right now over that spirit, over that force and power. In Jesus' name, I declare victory. I command you out. I command you be gone now. In Jesus' name. Every sickness Everything not working right in the name of Jesus. I just declare healing today. I declare the healing power of God now in Jesus' name. Now, there might be some of you here today that also you've never given your life completely to the Lord. You see, the devil will lie to you and try to just say, oh, don't do that. Oh, you see, the devil hates you serving God. He's going to make you afraid. He's going to say, oh, you're going to miss out on this. Oh, you're going to have to let go of that. Well, yes, you are. You have to be willing to let go of some things, but it's a walk of faith. You've got to trust God's going to be for you on the other side, and God's going to help you. Sometimes walking through this thing is the most difficult thing, but on the other side, if you really do it, you're so happy you did it. So for those of you who want to give your life to God today, you're ready for that. And I don't want to say that lightly. I just don't like people praying that prayer and they're not ready to give it all yet because it's like an experience that you think you got something. No, no, no. I'd rather people really get the experience of God. I'd, I want it to be real, right? So if you're ready, you can pray this. And you can pray it with your voice, pray it underneath what your, um, you know, your voice or whatever, but use your mouth. Just say, Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you today. And I give you my life. I give you all of my heart. I don't want to live for me anymore. God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for how I've lived. Lord, I'm turning from that. I don't want to go that way anymore. Help me to never go back to that. God, please help me, God. But from today, I give my life to you. I believe in the Lord Jesus who died for my sins. He paid the price so that I can be forgiven now. And God, that's why you'll hear my prayer. I come in the name of Jesus and in what He's done, asking you to forgive me and cleanse me from this day forward, Lord. I'm yours. I'm going to walk with you.